broadcasting live from Business Radio X. It's time for Coach the Coach. Welcome to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the program with Ogburn's Business Solutions, Mr. Terry Ogburn. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you so much, Stone and Lee, for having me on your show. Well, Terry, before we get too far into things, do you mind telling us about your practice, uh, Ogburn's Business Solutions? How are you serving folks? Well, what I do is uh, I work one-on-one with clients. It's not a mass coaching concept or whatever. It's just a one-on-one. I use uh, GoToMeeting. I focus on business development, contributing to their bottom line uh, through infrastructure and outside development, sales, bringing business to the table. Now, do you find that um, that is in an area that comes naturally for most people? No, actually, it's it's tough for most people. Um, like my, uh, I have a construction company up in Chicago, and we created an out, outside sales program for him by getting a salesperson to go and knock on doors in his surrounding area asking for business, simply because his business was so up and down because of the winter. So we're getting inside work from these places where, say, uh, built a suit. We're we're getting rapport with those people, and right now I'm proud to say that these guys this quarter have 1.7 million under contract, with 42 bids on the street totaling 12.3 million. Wow! So that's pretty dramatic improvement that was in the first quarter. Yeah, that's that was they've never that was just from the outside sales program. This first quarter of this year. Now, do you think that um, because of technology that it's changed the way that people go to market? Exactly. Um, Consumers now, 86% of them or higher start their buying process online because they don't trust companies or salespeople and things of that nature. So they want to be more knowledgeable um, when they go into any time of transaction. So they start online, at, but at some point that they're going to have some sort of a interaction or conversation with the business. Exactly, and they um, they prepare themselves because people um, their behavior now is not they don't want to be sold. They love to buy. They people love. We all love to buy. We just don't want to be sold because that creates that um, buyer's remorse thing. So. If we if we focus on building trust and rapport with our with our new customers as they come in, like for an example, I have a boat company I work with, and the first thing uh, they have two questions they're designed to ask on uh, when the customer enters the showroom. First is what brings you into our store today, so they make sure they're not going to service department, parts department, you know, something. Make sure they're there for the right reason. And the second is when when do you see you taking delivery of this boat. And if you know those two, if you know the answers to those two questions, you can help lead the customer to um, to their purchase. Another thing is in this case, they're going to ask how much is the, the boat? And 
I explained that the only thing they can quote is manufacturer's suggested retail price. And then they can say, but I can promise you, I've never seen a boat leave at this price, which is true. It either it's going to be negotiated and something's going to um, create an agreement. And then I say something, ask them to say something like, now, if you'll just give me an okay on our agreement, we can move the process forward. Take those words and instead of saying sign the contract, use something about towards an agreement. So you're helping them kind of with the language that maybe they took for granted and they were using words that were creating friction and you're kind of thinking through what's the best language to help them move them to the outcome you desire? Perfectly said. Um, there are words out there that just are like nails on a chalkboard to a, to a customer. And so we need to find the words that are more appealing to them. Again, like sign contract okay agreement same thing but the thing my premise is we agreed on something so it's our agreement now when you're working with the your clients is it's hard for them to uh, like i'm sure they understand it intellectually but to actually execute it or do they have difficulty kind of uh, using those words and getting you know changing some habits maybe that they've had for a long period of time Exactly. And that's one of the first thing we work on when I take on a new client is um, basically creating new habits and it takes 21 days to do that. And so we have to keep practicing. So we have, I have routines that they, they uh, go through like uh, in a sales routine, it would be the first 15 minutes is what did you learn about your industry today? Um, the second 15 minutes is a sales topic, how to become a, a better intangible salesperson. We don't buy cameras to take pictures. We buy cameras to um, for memories. So connect the customer to the dream, learn, understand what their dream is, and then uh, use that. How does um, technology help me uh, through this sales process? And then role-playing. You, you need to role-play before you ever call a a client or call a customer, what are you going to say? What is your point? What what bullet points? Write those things out. That becomes your script. And most people don't have a script, so they end up getting off the phone going, oh, I forgot. I got to call them back. And that makes us look so, you know, unprofessional. Now, do you find in your experience that salespeople are, are born or is this something that anybody can learn about if, you know, with the right training? I've trained tons and tons of people. You can, the, anybody can be, be trained. There are natural abilities that, like reading people, if you are a good, if you read people well, you typically will make it good in sales because that's um, that's one of the, the attributes for that. Um, but as far as, as the techniques using uh, languages and things that we can do, any, anybody's willing to learn, they can, I took this, guy that's doing made this production here for that construction company he was a project manager uh, working on you know as a overseeing project he's never sold before in his life now what about introvert versus extrovert does that matter yes there's this, um, more and more companies using and I recommend companies to use profiling systems where they use the disk method or 
there's several out there, but you should be hiring um, um, based on people's uh, personalities, like an amiable personality. Um, that's more of a support role, but they would they would not do well in, in, in sales simply because they can't deal with rejection. An analytical person in sales, it's tough because they they got to ask all the questions. And you say, well, just call, you know, like wax on, wax off. They have to know all the detail before they make the call. So those, it's very difficult to train from that aspect. But a good driver or a good E personality, controlling personality, or expressive personality would be who you're looking for in sales. But now, now if you're there, looking for a manager. Go ahead. If you're looking for a manager, that's a different but, personality? Yeah, a different personality for a manager would be more uh, controlling or direct personality. Sales would be more for um, expressive personality. If you needed somebody like bookkeeping and your books, keep care of your figures, an analytical person would be the right. And if you're looking for a support staff, an amiable personality would, would be ideal. Now, in today's world, does every person on the team have to have at least some knowledge about selling and sales? Everyone is a sales person, Lee, all of us. Anybody that's ever tried to uh, influence anybody over anything they're in sales. So even if you're in management or a leadership role, you're still trying to sell them on your vision, your idea. So, but I don't like to label them as salespeople. So I use the word sales consultant, something that um, takes the sting off the word. Now, a lot of coaches believe, you know, look, I'm just a coach. I'm not selling anybody anything. I just... Let them know that I can, you know, I'm good at this thing and I can help them achieve their goals. How do you help them kind of reconcile that selling is kind of integral and in is part of everybody's business? Well, it's easy to, anybody that's in business, um, it's easy to share with them that sales is the lifeblood of any company without any you know, companies would not survive without sales. Now, they may not be the ideal person for, for the sales role. So then they got to hire the person. Just like some companies um, you know, that are owned, um, they hire CEOs. Uh, I worked for Radio Shack, and the chairman, uh, board and the chairman, they didn't run Radio Shack. They hired um, CEOs. You have talent that you bring to the table. And it's important to kind of um, align each individual with their superpower? Exactly. Fine. Just like you would do a football team or, you know, many times a football coach sees something in a player that no other coach has seen. It turns out to be the best running back or the best linebacker because good coaches can can see inside that, that person and know what they're best, um, what they're, you know, best at. Now, for you, what's your backstory? How did you get into this line of work? Uh, good story, uh, Lee. I started, uh, I got fired out of the car business in 1979. <laughs> um, no car, no truck. And um, I was living in an apartment complex that had, had turned in condo, and they had a broken furnace stuck, and I could fix that. So I opened an a air conditioning company, had a little air conditioning background. So I opened that up, 
fell right into the victim of being the technician. And three, five years later, I had learned, I actually started my business because I didn't have anything to do. It was more of a job. Then I had to learn how to develop business. 1980, by 1985, I'd been nominated for Small Business Man of the Year, Outstanding Young Business in Florida, and started helping other businesses use the systems and processes that I used to fix my company. Ended up owning uh, my company for 10 years, sold it to my employees, uh, then was uh, wooed uh, into the corporate arena and started using my systems to, to turn around stores for Unigov Travel, took a company a public called Exit International, did turnaround stores for Radio Shack, was liaison for Metricall Paging and AT&T when they merged together, and also helped Century 21 do for uh, franchise stores. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. We're visiting with Terry Ogburn with Ogburn Business Solutions. Terry Stone Payton here with Business Radio X. I've been listening into your conversation with Lee, and I was particularly enamored with what you said about building your company up and turning around and selling it to your employees. Kudos to you for that. I think that's a very similar dream vision that Lee and I have talked about in terms of building up the Business Radio X network and maybe uh, selling it back to our studio partners. So anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's inspiring and, and intriguing to me. I have a question for you around this idea of impact. How do you personally choose to define, measure, and make sure that you're out there genuinely delivering real impact when you're doing this work? Because I stay involved. I'm, I'll be 68 years old in May, but I stay involved in all the upward trends, anything that's going on. 2009, you know, when Facebook and social media first come out, I'm, you know, a lot of people didn't embrace that. I would be the person to embrace that. Uh, Web 3.0 is coming now. You've you got to stay on top of your environment. I spend as much time educating myself as I do the people I work with. I try to stay ahead of them. Like one of my clients I've got now reading the E-Myth. So I've read the E-Myth maybe 10 or 12 times, but we're going back through it chapter by chapter. I'm reading it. He's reading it. And we're having like a book club with four of his people. So you've got to stay in, in, in tuned with the changing of the market. I just met uh, last week Ron Klein. Ron Klein is the guy who uh, invented the plastic, the metal, I mean, the magnetic strip on the back of our credit cards. Hmm. He also created the uh, MLS and different functions, you know, banking and all. He's 86 years old. And I was at a podcast event. I'm part of the podcast movement here in Florida. And uh, he was there, and I got to be his concierge for three and a half hours. And here this man is walking around, talking to fellow podcasters. And they asked him, one of them asked him, said, uh, so what is your podcast going to be about? He goes, oh, I'm not, 
I'm not looking at a podcast. He says, I've got one more hoorah in me. I want to see how I can revolutionize this industry. He's 86, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we got to we when we get to the 86, we need to be just as in tune with what's going on in this world as as the the people you know that generation that's there. He said millennials have the tension uh, uh, span of eight seconds. A goldfish has the tension span of nine seconds. <laughs> Pretty profound coming from an 86. He said. Um, Another person said, "Well, what? Uh, uh, why won't you? Why don't you start a podcast?" And he said, "Podcasting uh, uh, is for uh, is where old people go to network." And the guy says, "What?" And he goes, "Well, think about it. If I walked up to you in a networking situation, do you think I could add much value to the conversation?" Now he's talking to a you know thirty five year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we would most likely that generation would dismiss dismiss the elderly. He had, some, he had some pretty profound things to say, and so um, you can imagine what I did. I reached out to him, and we became friends on Facebook, and um, he, we were continuing our conversations. That's marvelous. Well, I'm glad I asked, and I can tell just from hearing you describe your work and kind of enjoying your bird's-eye view of what people are doing as a result of it, I can tell that you really are having tremendous impact, and uh, I think it's marvelous. Well, thank you, Stone. Um, to me, it's joy, and you know, a lot of times I'll be on a call. I do a lot of go-to-meeting calls, and we'll be on a call for an hour, and and it'll seem like fifteen, twenty minutes. You know, it's gone by, and they go, "Oh, wow, it's over already!" And <laughs> yep, that's what happens when you're having fun and you enjoy your work, passionate about growing and learning you know i have i i got my um from tony robbins you know he uses kanai constant and never-ending improvement good stuff well terry um when you're building your business how important was kind of that word of mouth referral that's in that's all we can do is work on coaches and consultants uh we really get our best customers come from our referrals um, I've been in, I opened Ogburn's Business Solutions 13 years ago, and all of my business today is repeat and referral business. One of my clients has been with me for nine years, or another one's been with me for eight, and so on and so on. And you, two, another advice to coaches is don't, you know, the idea is not to be everybody's um, coach. The idea is to pick a segment of the market that you like and that you enjoy and and focus on that. That would be a tip that I could give to coaches and people who work in, in my industry. Don't try to be all things to all people. Specialize. Get in, like, mine is business development. That's, that's been my focus all 13 years is contributing to the bottom line. I figured, very common sense, figuring if I make you money, you're going to keep me. So now, in your world, can you walk me through what it's like when you first meet somebody that wants to do business with you? What does that first onboarding kind of conversation uh, look like? Are you asking me a lot of questions? Um, yes and no. I have a uh, I have an intake form that I use. I don't know all of it because the first thing I want to know when I get on a call with a person is what is their, what it, what do they see as the three things that they'd like to 
take away from the call. And I just focus on that. I don't try to sell myself. I don't try to sell my stuff or any of that. I just want to help them on their first, you know, their, what their three outcomes are. And through that, I can discern if we're going to have a, a we're going, we can have a, a good energy between us. Not all, not all people have good energy. And so if, if I don't see that they are, are coachable and their mind's going to be open, things like that, um, I probably wouldn't ask them uh, for the next meeting. The next meeting is a, a, a one hour of my time uh, where we go through the first program. Everybody goes through the same exact uh, program slot no matter what, how you're joining me. And at the end of that, I should know um, if, um, because that session is pre, if they um, are going to get along, we're going to make that through that. Then we talk about the, the pr uh, price and uh, how we're going to forward. And then how quickly after you start working with them can a person expect to see some results? Typically 90 days because it takes about, um, about 13 weeks, weekly meetings. It takes us about out 13 weeks really to grasp because I'm asking you to do some things that are a little abnormal like one would be um, close your day meaning that you would take some portion of each day you close it you analyze what you did right what you did wrong better outline what you plan to do for the next day then engage um, put your to-do list together get how many uh, minutes it's going to take you on each one of your tasks program them in and and then that's closing your day. Now you're ready for the next day. And then that type of activity and those kind of processes, are the, do you want the, your client to kind of formalize that and, and kind of integrate it in their entire business, or is this just for the sales team? No, it's for everybody. It's whoever. We need discipline. We have six human needs. And, in fact, I could give your um, – every one of your listeners a four-step process that they can take with them for the rest of, of their career, if, if I may share them. Yeah, please. First is you must have commitment. Every, you must be all in. Whatever it is that you're going to do, if it's get to the grocery store, you got to be committed and got to get up every day with that discipline of that commitment. Number two is um, you must have that discipline by putting disciplines in place to make sure. So if you got to get up a half hour early, then you got to get up a half hour. You got to stay an hour later. You got to stay an hour later. You got to put discipline into your commitment. Number three is decisions. You must the decisions you make must be moving you towards your commitment. I give every person that works with me permission to procrastinate on anything that's not taking them towards their goal. And then fourth. You must visualize the outcome. If you want to be a good salesperson, you got to start to visualize that you are a good salesperson. You're a great salesperson. You're an excellent salesperson. And you keep ratcheting it up to you in your own mind that you are the best that you're going to be. And you keep practicing that over and over, and then you will uh, fulfill the six human needs that we need, which is certainty, variety, significance, connection, growth, and contribution. If we can accomplish all of those, no matter what role we play, we'll have a successful life. Now, as an outcome of working with you over a period of time, do your clients kind of end up with an operations manual for their business? 
Exactly. That's um, that's the whole crux of the infrastructure. You can't get money from a client, you know, from a lending institution without infrastructure. So that means you have to have a business development plan, an action plan, an organizational strategy, um, checklist, um, a budget performa. Most companies don't even know what a performa is in this day and age. Uh, policies and procedures, your rule book, and then you have to have a social media and a direct marketing program. And that wound it out once that's what I did in my air conditioning business, put that together, and you can actually sell that as a um, it's a viable product at this point. They can run any business. You can take that operation manual and you can take it to any um, city, pop down, and you can create the same duplicate. You can duplicate it. If you can't duplicate it, it's not really a business. That's important distinction. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more and have a more substantive conversation with you and learn about your firm, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I have um, two websites, ogburnsbusinesssolutions.com, terryogburn.com. Both of those places have a contact uh, contact uh, button or drop down. Uh, any one of your listeners that would like to spend one hour of their time with me, no no cost, free charge. All they have to do is go there, uh, email me. I'll gladly take and spend one hour of, of my time with them focusing on a challenge that they may have, and we'll, we'll fix that challenge at the end of that hour. Wow, that's very generous. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lee and Stone, for having me again. I appreciate this very, very much. All right, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 